0: Many people live in the bondage of sin and have become so comfortable with it, they are not interested in being rescued. I'm going to make a comparison today, and I hope it makes sense to you. We'll know when we're done. Why don't you stand with me, please? In Luke chapter 2, so we honor God's Word. And the Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the, with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this passage of your word the exciting account of the, your birth and the announcement of it. And Lord, as we celebrate your birth this morning, I hope we recognize just what you have gone through to bring salvation to the entire world. For anyone that would choose to believe it, it can be theirs. I hope everyone in this room today has chosen to believe it, and it is theirs. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated we have just looked at God's rescue plan, if you will, to rescue mankind. There have been other rescue plans in history. I would like to read to you the account of one of such of those plans. The raid at Cabin In January 1945, the U.S. Army carried out one of the most daring and most successful rescue missions not just of the whole of the Second World War, but in the whole history of warfare. This liberation of the prisoners held in the Japanese camp just outside of the city of Cabanatuan became known as the Great Raid. Indeed, this episode of history had it all. Cunning, courage, audacity, and above all, a happy ending. The rescue mission grew out of the Battle of Bataan. A huge military defeat for the Americans and their allies. Here, the Imperial Japanese Army took tens of thousands of prisoners. They made them march huge distances in unbearable conditions in what became known as the Bataan Death March. The prisoners were finally locked up in the Cabernetuan camp, and while many were soon transferred elsewhere, by the beginning of 1945, around 500 men were still being held here in unspeakable conditions. As well as disease and starvation, the prisoners also had to deal with the cruelty of their captors and the constant threat of execution. With General Douglas MacArthur and the U.S. Army advancing, many prisoners thought their time was up. The American high command was determined to get the men out, however difficult that might be. The 6th Army was tasked with drawing up a rescue plan. They recognized the vital role of Filipino guerrillas could play in any assault, not least since they knew the layout of the land. Around 100 rangers and scouts and 200 guerrillas were assigned to the mission. On January 30th, they were given the green light. Having trekked almost 50 kilometers to get into position, the men waited for darkness to fall. Then all at once they attacked. A special P-61 Black Widow night fighter plane flew overhead and distracted the guards. The Japanese were therefore caught completely by surprise, and when the Americans and Filipinos breached the camp perimeters, an estimated 500 Japanese soldiers were killed in a brief but intense firefight. Just four Americans died. All but two of the prisoners were safely escorted back across American lines to safety. The raid at Cabanatuan wasn't just a huge military victory. The rescued men were able to tell the story of the Bataan Death March. It wasn't just their comrades and commanders who were shocked. The American public was also horrified and they resolved anew to get behind the Pacific War effort. The men involved in the rescue mission were commended for their actions by none other than President Roosevelt and their bravery that night was gone on to inspire numerous books and movies. This morning we're talking about the greatest rescue that has ever been undertaken in the history of mankind, the plan capable of rescuing the entire human population. Our plan we're looking at this morning was formulated by God and favored with God. In Luke chapter 1 in verse 30, the Bible records that the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, thou art Thou hast found favor with God. Our plan was formulated by God and found favor with God. Not only was our plan formulated by God, it was announced by angels. In verse 26 of chapter 1, And in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God into the city of Galilee named Nazareth. Military plans are kept secret. We don't want the enemy to find out. But God doesn't operate that way. He announces to the world what he intends to do. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. James 4, 7-8 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You can confront Satan, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, James 4, 7. You can confront yourself, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your heart, ye double-minded. But you can't fight God. I'm going to say that again. You can't fight God. God's way may seem mysterious, but he is not working in secret. He may not tell you his plan up front, but he is not hiding. See, when God announces His plan, He's not concerned who might find out. He tells the whole world. His son's birth came with trumpet fanfare. In our text this morning, Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 2 and verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. It was formulated by God, it was announced by angels, and it was broadcast to the shepherds. See, God's not trying to keep this a secret. The angel told them what had happened and how to find him. To continue Compare the shepherds to those of today. We would call them entry-level employees, if you will, doing a job that no one wanted. But the shepherd had a knowledge all of his own. Sometimes young people and even older people are somewhat um, not embarrassed, but they feel... uh, I'm trying to think of the word, they feel somewhat lowly, if you will. They think that they don't compare with others. That I want you to know that no matter what your job is, no matter what your position is, I promise you, you have a skill that others do not know. I don't care if you're checking out at Walmart. I don't care if you're at Hannaford and they're, they're, they're taking your groceries. I'll tell you what. I admire a good bagger at the grocery store. That's an art all its own. We had uh, some singers here. Who was, those, who was that group that came through that we liked so well? We met them up to Living Waters. We had them here. The Needhams, thank you. David Needham is a singer. He plays the bass. He, not only can he sing, he is an accomplished singer beautician. He has a degree in cosmetology. He could cut your hair if you need him to, okay? So obviously, there's a guy that can sing, and he can cut hair. Not only that, we go to the grocery store. I don't know why. He's with me. Oh, we invited them over, brought them over to our house. I said, Dave, let's go get some stuff. We didn't have anything that we wanted. Of course, when they're out of state, we've got to make sure they have red hot dogs and... Uh, and marshmallow fluff, and all of the things that Maine has to offer that other places don't. So we had to go to Hannaford and make sure they had all the stuff that we thought maybe they had never had. So we're going through the, and now at the store there's not, there's not a bagger anymore. You pretty much bag your own because they won't give you a bag unless you pay for one. I refuse to pay for a grocery bag. Ain't happening, all right? That's just me. So so anyway, I, we go in with our own plastic bags. We whip those things out. And Dave used to be a grocery bagger. So he's there, and he said, you can't put those things in there. And I said, how do you know this? And he said, well, there was a time in my life when I bagged groceries. You know, the guy's done everything. My point is this, is that don't you ever look down on yourself for the skills that you have. You have abilities that I couldn't do, that others sitting beside you can't do, and they are abilities that God has given you. The shepherds were looked at as be lower class citizens that no one else wanted anything to do. They had, if You wouldn't necessarily want to get downwind of them. They had an aroma. There used to be on Pleasant Hill... Dairy, where Pleasant Hill Dairy is, Pleasant Hill, in Herman. Coming home, used to be a a large, it's a storage building now, but you can tell it was a barn. They used to have a large dairy herd there. And we were coming home from work one day, my dad, my brother, and I. We were driving a Chrysler Cordoba, and here is a man hitchhiking. We knew who he was, and... And Dad looked at us and he said, "Should we pick him up?" And we said, "Yeah, we know him. He's a good guy. Let's give him a ride." He had been working all day in the dairy barn, and I'm telling you, that boy must have rolled in it. I don't know what happened, but it wasn't good. And he piled into that Chrysler Cordoba, and instantly we knew we were in trouble. And, and I'm telling you, Dad starts, Dad's like me. He started sneezing. <laughs> So I'm from Pleasant Hill and Herman to where we needed to drop him off. We were going just about a hundred to get rid of him, you know. Well, the shepherds were that type of person that nobody wanted to be around them. They were lowly. But I'll tell you what, those lowly people are the ones that the Lord wanted to know that his son had come. There's no one too low for Christ. There's no one too high for Christ. The message is to everyone. But not only that, they, they told them that you would find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. The shepherds at Bethlehem raised sheep for temple sacrifice. That was where they came from a sheep for temple sacrifices had to be perfect. And to make sure that sheep did not injure itself after birth, as soon as that sheep is born, the shepherd will grab that sheep and wrap it in swaddling clothes so that it can't run off. And after it has gained some strength and they know that it will be able to walk without injuring itself, then they unwrap that sheep and let it go so that it can reunite with its mother. Shepherds knew about swaddling a perfect sacrifice. Isn't it interesting that just as the hillside sheep were swaddled and protected for sacrifice, so was this young baby boy lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes? The sheep had to be perfect, they had to protect the sheep, it was wrapped in swaddling clothes. And it was celebrated by angels, glorifying and praising God. In verse thirteen, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. I love that. And suddenly they're getting this announcement. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, instantly the sky is full of angels praising God. Well, these shepherds had never seen anything like that before. Never would they again. But on this night, at this time, they got the announcement. The angels told them about it. And obviously, we sing, hark the herald angels sing. Well, there's no record that the angels actually sang in the Bible. We should, probably should be singing, hark the herald angels say. But it does, it's not a big deal. We sing, go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere, that Jesus Christ is born. Shame on us for only talking about these things on Christmas Sunday. It's the greatest story that's ever been told. Go tell it on the mountain. What is interesting about God's rescue plan is the assurance of success before the mission was finished. You know, if you're a sports fan at all, you watch your team and you hope for success, but there's no guarantee. Mark's down there to Foxborough today, and I got an idea the Patriots are going to have it handed to them, and they're going to watch it happen. But whatever, we don't know who's going to win, but the beauty is with God's plan, success is Guaranteed. Success is Guaranteed. Say that with me. Success is Guaranteed. In 1945 under Japanese control in the Philippines, prisoners were beaten, starved, suffering from the elements and even executed by their captors. When rescue came, they were more than willing to accept their rescuer's offer of freedom. Imagine the horror if after the sacrifice of those soldiers to rescue the prisoners, if the prisoners looked at them and said, you know, we've talked it over, and we've decided that we like our current circumstances, and we're just going to stay. Let's compare the rescue plan to our Heavenly Father. Like the defeat at the Battle of Bataan, the defeat for us happened in the Garden of Eden, when Satan, through subtlety, deceived the occupants and stole their freedom through sin. Sad to say, many people have become so used to their circumstances of sin that they deny they even needed help. If you will, I mean, you're in Luke, but go with me to Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Next book over. John chapter 8 is a passage that I refer to from time to time when I'm speaking, and it's just such an important passage, interaction with Jesus and the Pharisees, and John chapter 8 verse 32 is one of the most famous verses in the Bible and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free Jesus was saying those words you know the truth the truth will make you free I want you to know if you're living any part of a lie in your life today that lie is taking you into bondage only truth leads to freedom someone said when it comes to politics if it's if it's morally wrong it's not politically right Boy, that's a phrase that we've totally lost out on, isn't it? But if we mix any error within our choices of government, there will be no freedom in it. If you mix any error, any choices in your life that you think, I know this isn't right, but I think it'll work out okay, there'll be no freedom in it. Jesus looked at that crowd and to the believers, he looked at them and he said, "If you'll, you'll know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But that entire crowd wasn't all believers. In verse 33, the unbelievers, it doesn't say that in your text, but that's who they were. They answered him and said, we be of Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? So we're not in bondage, we never have been. Are you serious? How about 400 years in Egypt? Do you remember that? What about the Babylonians and the Assyrians taking you away for over 70 years and some longer? Do you remember that? And right now, while you're making fun of Jesus and telling him what a loser he is and a lunatic, you are being guarded by Roman soldiers. You have no freedom right now. And I want to submit to you that what happens, and the shame is, that as we talk about God's rescue plan this morning, And all the effort that he made for us so that we could have our freedom. Many people live in the bondage of sin and have become so comfortable with it. They are not interested in being rescued. And they would be the same as that crowd sitting in their concentration camp and rescuers coming in. And I want you to know that when we share the gospel of Jesus Christ, it is the greatest freest message that has ever been shared in the history of mankind and that message has to be accepted it has to be chosen and when you look the other way on it or you decide that you do not need that or you're content in your sin if you will because everyone is a sinner for all have sinned and it is imperative it is desperate that you accept God's free gift of salvation through Jesus Christ because if you do not you will go into a concentration camp in eternity much worse than anything the world has ever seen in any wartime, ever. And what haunts me, what bothers me, what kills me, is there is no relief from that concentration t- camp. Once you leave this place and you enter into eternity without Christ, it's not a billion years, it's not a trillion years. It is forever forever. There is no redemption after death without Christ. My word, can you get a hold of that? Can you see how important it is that you accept Christ? Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. There is no other place than Christ. Without Him, you are lost forever and ever and ever. I can't, I can't, I, I, I don't allow myself to think about this a great deal because it is so haunting to realize that you and I in Christ are free, free. But without Christ, you are in a concentration camp made of your own sin that you will never be redeemed from. And he has set out a rescue plan and he's told the whole world. He's not hiding, for God so loved the world That he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The plan was to bring the rescuer through a tiny town called Bethlehem, the house of bread. Born in the house of bread, he became the bread of life. At age two, wise men brought three gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Don't forget the myrrh. Suspecting that a threat to the realm was associated with his birth at two years old, he and his family had to flee for their lives, resulting in the death of all males, two years old and under, who lived in the area. Matthew 2.18 records the loss of life. In Ramah, there was a voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. I'll tell you, there was a great battle being fought when Jesus was entered into the world. And casualties were taken. Little children were killed to try to get to our Savior. When the enemy was no longer concerned with the threat and the evil king had died that ordered the execution, our rescuer was able to move back to Israel from Egypt to fulfill the ancient plan that said in Matthew 2.15, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Not a lot have said of this young man's training, other than a glimpse of him being separated from his unit at a young age, only to be found three days later talking with other experts in spiritual warfare and asking and answering questions. In Luke 2.46, it was obvious that as a young, at a young age, this rescue was not easily rattled in times of trial. He grew to be a man. He taught, prayed, taught to pray, lived loved, healed, raised the dead, commanded opposing forces to flee. When it came time to fight for his own life, he freely sacrificed himself so that others could live. John 15, 13 says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. This past year I had the privilege of preaching the funeral of a retired firefighter. Many firemen were there. We honored those firefighters for being willing to sacrifice their own life to save people that they didn't even know. I made the comment they'd give their life for folks they've never met, and if they met them, I said they might not even like them, but they'd be willing to die for them. But it occurred to me after that service, I missed an opportunity that I should have shared something else, that if you're fortunate enough and brave enough and and in the right place at the right time, you can save someone's life only for them to die later. Because we all die. We worship the greatest rescuer of all, that when he rescues you, he saves you never to die again. That's incredible. He laid down his life so that others could live. This is why Myr was brought to his birth. He was born to die so that you and I could be set free. See, gold was for his kingship. Frankincense was for his priesthood, but myrrh was a spice that you used for burying the dead. And someone has rightly said, you know, bringing myrrh to his birth was like bringing a casket to a baby shower. It was that odd. It was that strange. But those wise men knew. And not only did they bring those gifts, you and I have been to baby showers, we've been to certain things, and and I... Uh, the Lord forgive me, I, 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 babies are wonderful, my wife just, oh, it's a baby, hold the baby, all those things. And for me, I, I can't say, I'm going to get, in, anyway, it's just not the same, okay? But I've seen every kind of reaction when a baby is born. We've seen wonderful prayers answered when we were concerned about the life of the baby. If it came too early, this church has seen miracles in that area. Thank God for that. But I've never seen someone fall down and worship a baby. But you did for this baby. Those wise men, they came and they worshipped him. Why is that? Because it was God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, and those wise men knew that having done all that all of that Jesus Christ our great rescuer rescued us from our bondage of sin offers the keys to freedom and liberty from our personal prisoner of war camp in a dangerous world this is a great rescue that rescued men and women and have been able to tell the world about it and is still available today i want you to see the comparison of that rescue that in 1945 had a happy ending. Awards were given out. Movies were made out of it. We're still talking about it over 70 years later. How great a story is that? The Americans win! Well, I want you to know there was an even greater rescue that took place 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ came as a baby, lived, died, rose again, So that even now, that rescue is long over. But the rescue is still taking place today in the year 2022. People can still be rescued by Jesus Christ. The mission is ongoing. The war is still being fought. And I'm telling you, the choices couldn't be more stark. They couldn't be greater. You either choose freedom in Christ or you choose to stay in the concentration camp of sin with no chance of freedom. Please, please, if you're here this morning and you've not chosen Christ, your time is running out. He that being often reproved, hardness in his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Don't wait until tomorrow. We don't know that tomorrow will come. Yesterday is already gone. We have this moment today. Trust Christ. Enjoy his rescue. Heavenly Father, I hope what I've said this morning has made sense. I am so thankful for my Savior, Jesus Christ, who came at Christmas time, and we celebrate that. And Lord, what breaks my heart is that you went to all that effort, and people will decide that they're content with their sin. That they would rather live in the squalor of what this world has to offer than the joy and the peace and the happiness that you have to offer when we live for you, serve you, give our lives to you. Lord, I've lost nothing in Christ. I've gained everything. Everything. Thank you for your gift of salvation. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Christians are praying for you right now. And if you've never said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior, this may be your last chance. There is an urgency to accepting Christ. And it's as simple as saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior and forgive my sins. If you've never prayed that prayer, I want you to do that right now. Just say those words, Lord Jesus, forgive my sins. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. If you'll say those words and mean them, it is so important that you do that. Invite him into your heart. He has to have an invitation. He won't force his way in. But can't you see all that he's done for you? Can't you see the effort that he has made? And he's hoping right now this morning you trust him. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Forgive my sins. Tell him, I believe in you. I trust you. And say, thank you for hearing my prayer. Help me to live for you. If you'd say those words of something like that, God, can, you can't, God can't misread you. He knows you. Reach out to Him. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So in the balcony, not on the main floor, but in the balcony, if you can say, Stan, I said those words this morning. I asked Christ to come into my heart and be my Savior. I said, Jesus, will you please come in? If you said those words, would you raise your hand so I can see it? and I ask Christ to come into my heart today. Thank you, I see that hand. Someone else. and I ask Christ today to be, come into my heart. About on the main floor, I accepted Christ's rescue plan this morning, His free gift. I'm looking all over the auditorium, balcony, main floor. Our Heavenly Father, you know who's here today. You know who belongs to you and who does not. Just by the numbers, Lord, it's, it's possible that there are unsaved people here. Even though you did all that you could do, we have to make our choice. Lord, thank you for that person that raised their hand this morning in the balcony said they prayed that prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart be my Savior. Lord, as this year draws to an end, I hope that we have a burden for the lost. I hope that we care about our loved ones. I hope that we're concerned for their future, and we know that you are the only way. And so, Lord, for those that are saved, that know the wonderful truth that you have told us about, I hope that we are sharing that message every chance that we get, realizing the urgency of it. Lord, help us to be soul winners, to give away the free gift of salvation that you provide. Lord, we'll open the altar. We'll give folks a chance to respond. Thank you for the effort that you made for us. I pray that we would make an effort for you. Bless this time, please. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a seat, if you would, please. I've got my wife efforting something right now, and uh, you know on occasion she'll do what I tell her to do. It doesn't happen that often, but so how many how, how many saw the, the saw the New year in last night? Really? you guys are amazing. There's, I, there's no chance I could do that. I, unbelievable. So does anything happen? Family calls? does the huh? Does the Earth shake or anything? Is there a big, you know? Because I've always, I've always wondered how that goes, you know. So tired. yeah, what's that? Just you just wake up tired? Yes, yeah, yeah. So Mrs. Arnold, you saw it through when your husband wasn't even home. So are you just enjoying freedom, or how's that? How's that work? There you go. Yes, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm. Uh, I'll, We are trying to find Glenn singing his Christmas song that I should have asked for earlier, and I didn't, but it's kind of a tradition here that we play that song, and I think it's on YouTube. And so they're up there, and they're looking things over, and and the brain trust is incredible here. So, is it, you think, so, how long has Glenn been gone? Oh, four, and a half years. four and a half years. Seems seems longer. Yeah. 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 So, he... What's the name of that song, hon? What, what is it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Go Tell, isn't it? Go Tell Everyone. We can't find it? We can't find it? Well, that's on me, because I, I thought of it in the middle of the week, and then I didn't pursue it. So... We are, uh, huh? Lee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're. I thought we'd have it right in our hardware, cause, but I don't know how these things work. So, anyway. All right, let's stand. We'll be dismissed in prayer, okay? Yeah. Our Heavenly Father, it's, it's been great to be in your house, be around your people. To talk about our Savior. You're awesome. Thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ, that my sins are forgiven, have a home in heaven, and I don't deserve any of that. But you did it, and I am, will be...